And I'm Ash. Welcome to Crime Potatoes Podcast. Grab your snacks, get comfy, and let's get to it. And welcome back to another episode. Another week, another episode. Yes. Just a reminder for our listeners to go check out our uh, Instagram page at Crime Potatoes. We are doing a giveaway and you don't want to miss out because there is a Crime Potatoes sweatshirt. Oh yeah. And a bunch of other goodies and some of our favorites. You will not want to miss it. What are you snacking on today, Kens? Well, thanks to you and this recipe, I made sourdough bagels. Bagels? Bagels? Oh my gosh. Do you remember calling them bagels? bagels. <laughs> and so now I call them bagels because you called yes, them bagels that's growing cringy. up. That is, anyways, bagels. And I am eating them right now and they are freaking delicious. Also, I have Dr. Pepper jelly beans for after. Gross. <laughs> Just Those are the best jelly beans. Are you kidding me? They're actually not bad, but my favorite jelly beans are the pear ones. Oh, those are so the good. The pear? That's weird. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm going to have to get a bag and share them with you. They're the light green ones, and they have like dark green specks on them. Oh, they are so good. <laughs> nope. I will stick with my Dr. Pepper they're called flavored juicy ones. Pear. Next time we get together, huh. we'll each bring a bag of our favorite jelly beans. What about you? What are you snacking on? Um, so we are actually recording this on Valentine's Day. So I'm eating a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? Well, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. <laughs> and to all our listeners, a week late. And then for my drink, I'm really switching it up today. Our store, we had to go to the store on the day of the Super Bowl, and they were having like a huge sale on sodas. And so, of course, me being the soda girl I am, we had to get all the soda we could. <laughs> so you're drinking Pepsi. Yeah. Weirdo. It's a good change. Like I like both Coke and Pepsi. I know people might come at me for that but every once in a while it's good to just <laughs> switch it up from dr pepper honestly i just need a strong fizz and i'll be good though i prefer dr pepper diet dr pepper so that's fair all right well you ready to jump into it i don't know am i all right so my case sources are medium.com wikipedia.org nbcchicago.com wisconsin missing persons cincinnati.com heavy.com dailymail.co and missingkids.org. Let's do this. I will try not to smack into the mic. <laughs> so before we get started, I just wanted to let you guys know this case does kind of jump around back and forth a little bit. So just be aware of that. Um, I thought this was just the best way to tell the full story. Um, and also this case does discuss suicide. So listen with care. On May 14, 2011, a housekeeper at the Rockford Inn in Rockford, Illinois, was making her morning rounds. She got to room 108, 
knocked on the door, and loudly called out, housekeeping. After a minute with no reply, she opened the door. With the chain lock intact, the door only opened a few inches. But that was all she needed to see the gruesome scene inside. Blood covered the room and a body laid still on the floor. She immediately closed the door and called 911. All right, so now let's start at the very beginning. Amy Fry was born on May 3, 1968, and grew up in Libertyville, Illinois. She graduated from Libertyville High School and then attended Iowa State University. With three failed marriages behind her, she finally met James Pitson. James was a few years younger than Amy, but the two connected instantly. They seemed to be in sync and have the same view on life. You see, at the age of 21, James was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And if you don't know, Hodgkin's lymphoma is a type of cancer that attacks part of the immune system, which is the lymphatic system. And as the cancer progresses, it limits the body's ability to fight off infection. James was able to beat the cancer. However, doctors told him due to the chemo, he would be left sterile and unable to have children. Although he wanted children, he accepted that it wasn't in the cards for him. Amy herself didn't want children, which made the two even seem more like the perfect pair. But I feel like there's a but. Maybe. (laughs) Sorry. The two dated for a while, and to both their surprise, Amy became pregnant. I knew it. When she was four months pregnant, the two got married and moved from Iowa to Aurora, Illinois. They welcomed their son, Timothy Pitson, on October 18, 2004. Despite not wanting kids, Amy flourished as a mother. Her and Timmy had a special bond, and she loved him more than anything in the world. Now it's May 11, 2011. James dropped six-year-old Timmy off at school. I guess I should stop real fast right there. Um, So his name, their son's name is Timothy, but they also call him Tim and Timmy. So sometimes throughout the case, I do call him Tim or Timmy. So okay. he's all the same person though. Okay. So James dropped six-year-old Timmy off at school, then drove Amy to work before heading out to work himself. Two and a half hours later, James went back to the school to pick Timmy up. When he walked into the school, teachers looked confused and asked what he was doing there. Confused himself at their reaction, he replies that he is there to get Timothy. He then learns that Amy picked up Timmy between 8.15 and 8.30 and told the office that there was a family emergency. As far as the family emergency, James had no idea. He hadn't heard of a family emergency, nothing. So James begins to drive home calling Amy, but she doesn't pick up. He called over and over, calling about 15 to 20 times, but there was still no answer. James finally arrived home and became very concerned when he noticed noticed Amy's car was not in the driveway. So you remember I said that he had dropped Amy off at work that morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason for that is because the night before she was struggling with some vertigo and that morning, like she said, she was fine and that she could drive herself, but just... Because of that, James wanted to make sure she was okay and everything, so he insisted that he drive her to work that day. Um, So her car was left at the house, but now it's gone. Like I said, when he arrived, it's gone. Yes. All right, so now I'm going to share a little bit more of Amy's background. Amy struggled with severe depression and had even attempted to take her life twice before. Once before she met James and once while the two were dating. She was on two different medications at the time to help with her depression. 
Amy and Tim had been arguing for the past few days, which wasn't entirely new to them. I mean, all couples have their ups and downs, but James and Amy seem to have been struggling for years. At one point in 2008, James found out Amy had been secretly texting her ex-husband and even planned on meeting up with him when James was out of town. James gave her the ultimatum. She had to choose him or her ex. But if she chose her ex, James would fight to get full custody of Timothy. Amy later confided in her family that she was scared to lose her son. Yeah, I don't like where I think this is going, but go on. Yeah. (laughs) When neither Amy or Timmy were inside and Amy's still not answering the phone, James decides to call Amy's sister. She immediately picked up and calmed James' nerves, telling him that she probably just needed to cool off, told him to stay calm, and ensured him that they would be home soon. James agreed, as Amy was known to take off and go for long drives when she was upset. I will add in here, this was the first time she did take Timothy with her, though, even though it was known for her to go on these long drives. Again, it was the first time okay. that she ever took her their son with yeah, her. Yeah, I was going to ask, but since you answered, yeah. so... Sorry. No, you're good, so... Just reiterating, this is the first time she's ever taken Timmy with her when she is trying to cool down and take these long drives. Yes. Okay. The next morning, James awoke to find his family had still not returned. He also noticed in the bathroom cabinet there was Amy's medications, two full bottles that had seemingly been untouched. This worried James even more. Not only did she not take her medications with her, but she hadn't been taking them for a while. James decided it was time to call the police and filed a missing persons report for both his wife and son. So all of that happened like Wednesday and Thursday. So he, they went missing or, you know, drove off on Wednesday and then he called the police on Thursday. Okay. Um, but finally on Friday afternoon, people were starting to hear from Amy. First was the police. She called to tell them that she was with Timmy and they were both fine. Then she contacted a few of her family members and James' brother. Amy told him that she just needed a break. He was even able to talk to Timmy, who he said was happy and having fun. Then before she hung up, she stated, quote, Tim is my son. I can do what I want. Timothy is fine. He belongs to me, end quote. Amy never contacted James, but his brother did call him to relay the phone call he had had with Amy. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this. The last thing that she said came off a little threatening. James just wanted his son home safe. All right. So now back to where we started this story on May 14th, 2011. The housekeeper called 911. And when the police arrived, they were horrified at what they saw behind the door of room 108. So, nope. here's a little trigger nope. warning. No. Nope. So, if you don't want to hear, like, details of the scene, then you can skip ahead about a minute. It was determined that sometime during the night, Amy had gotten undressed and got in the tub. She then cut her left forearm. After perhaps growing impatient, she got out of the tub and stood in front of the mirror. There, she slit her throat and collapsed to the floor. There was just one thing missing when the police were investigating the scene. Timothy. He was nowhere to be found. Not one sign that he had even been there. So where was he? No. 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 Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I know. I, yeah. No. It's a little heavy. Police then found a note that read, quote, Well, some people leave notes and some don't. I couldn't decide. So this is my version. 
Tim is somewhere safe with people who love him and who will take care of him. You will never find him. To whoever finds me, sorry about the mess. End quote. And this note was signed by Amy. Uh, no, I just. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm, I'm speechless a little bit because I'm not sure what to say. My mind is racing. Yeah. It's trying to put it together. I, I agree. I don't even have a lot to comment on just because it, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> but it is. At this point, investigators are on the search for Timmy. The best way to find him is to retrace Amy's steps. So don't be mad at me, but we are going to start over again on May 11th. But this time we are going to walk through the other side of events. Once Amy picked up Timmy from school, they headed for the zoo. On the way there, the alternator light came on in her car, so she pulled into a repair shop. While her car was getting fixed, the workers kindly offered to take her and her son somewhere while they waited. So one of the workers took them and dropped them off at the zoo. Around 3 p.m., they were seen leaving the zoo. They went back to the repair shop to pick up the car and then got back on the road. They went to Key Lime Cove Resort and Water Park, which was about 45 minutes away. And I'll just add right here. Um, so this used to be called Key Lime Coven Resort, but it is now, today, it's called the Great Wolf Lodge. Okay. They spent the night there, and the security cameras caught them hand-in-hand hand walking down the hallway. The next morning, on May 12th, they drove 163 miles to another water park, to the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Before reaching the resort, they stopped at a shop co and Amy bought children's clothes and toys. The security cameras caught them checking out the next morning, May 13th, at 10 a.m. This was the last sighting of Timothy on camera. Shortly after is when she made the calls to her family. During these calls, she told family that her and Timmy were safe and in no danger. She even assured her mother that they would be home in a day or two. Amy then drove 170 miles along Rock River until she reached Sterling, Illinois. This was a town about 80 miles west of Aurora, where the Pitsons lived. At this point, Amy turned off her cell phone. The police tried to find what was in Sterling and why she had gone there. They even looked at her iPass data and saw that she had visited Sterling before, once in February and once in March. She had not told anyone about these trips, including James. There are hours that go by where her whereabouts are unknown. Then at 7.25, she is caught on security camera at a family dollar in Winnebago, Illinois. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, Winnebago, Winnebago. I, I think it's Winnebago. Winnebago? Okay. I think, but I could also be I'll wrong. Say that. So if you know, feel free to correct us. Yes, please. <laughs> So she was seen on security camera at this family dollar, and there she bought paper, envelopes, and a pen. Timothy was not with her. Next, she was seen at Sullivan Food Store in Winnebago at 8 p.m. Again, Timothy was not with her. Finally, she checked into the Rockford Inn at 11.15 p.m. At some point that night is when she took her own life. When police started picking apart the scene, there were many things that were not found. These things included Amy's cell phone, the clothes she was wearing on the security camera, Timothy's Spider-Man backpack, and all of his toys. None of these things were found in the hotel room or in Amy's car. However, they did find something concerning in Amy's car. They found what they considered, quote, 
a concerning amount of blood, end quote. And that is from the police department. This blood was determined to be Timothy's. While investigators instantly became worried about Timothy's safety, the family said that Timothy had a pretty bad nosebleed in the car earlier that month. And so they were not worried about him in that way. Okay. James' sister, Jen, canvasses the neighborhoods surrounding the hotel where Amy was found. She hung posters and handed out flyers, hoping someone would recognize Timmy and they could help bring him home. Along with the family, police searched for weeks and weeks until the case eventually went cold. In 2013, they discovered Amy's phone behind a grain storage building. They were hoping to be able to retrieve more information from the cell to hopefully lead to the finding of Timmy. (sighs) Sadly, there was no new tips that came with this finding. So it's been two years at this point. Yes. Yeah. Just wait. Oh. In 2014, Timothy's grandmother said in an interview, quote, just praying that he's in a loving home and people are taking care of him and he'll grow up to be a nice young man. In her own depression and frustration in wanting to be out of this life, did she choose well? I hope so. End quote. That's so and that's sad. referring to Amy. That is just so sad. So now we're jumping forward five more years. On April 3rd, 2019. The Newport, Kentucky police got a call about a teenage boy running around on the streets in distress. He told the police he was Timothy Pitson. (gasps) However, this turned out to be a hoax. Oh. Timothy Pitson has been missing for nearly 13 years, meaning he would be 19 years old today. James Pitson, along with some other family members, believe that Timothy is alive and he's out there somewhere. And that's what I got for you. You can't see my face, listeners, but I'm not okay. What the heck? Yeah, this, Uh, yeah. (sighs) It's kind of weird because there's some speculation that she could have hurt Timmy and discarded his body in that two hours that her whereabouts are unknown. But I'm kind of on the fence about it because where the family, majority of the family is so sure that she would never do that. That she definitely, that he's alive out there somewhere. That she handed him off or adopted him out illegally. Something like that. Like, they really believe that he is still alive. That, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. They did find the blood and the police said it was a concerning amount. But where the family was like, oh, no. Once they saw it, they were like, no, that's from his nosebleed earlier that month. That kind of puts me on the fence, too, because, I mean, yeah, if the family, if the family's so sure that that was his nosebleed, nosebleed, I feel like, I don't know. So she just didn't want James to have Timothy is, because that's weird Yeah, so like I said. That's where it's, it's so weird. James and Amy had been fighting, like they had been struggling, um, but they fought the week prior to all of this happening. Amy just left on a girl's trip to the Bahamas. And so they were kind of arguing about that. Um, There wasn't a lot of detail on like what exactly the argument was specifically about, but just that they had been arguing about her going on that last minute girl's trip. Um, I don't know if like maybe she just went and didn't tell him or not really sure. And then when she talked to family after she had that, you know, she was secretly texting with her ex-husband, 
she even went to her family and was like, I will not lose my son. So her and James stayed together after that. And she was like sure that no matter what, she would not lose her son. So, I mean, I guess it's all just kind of speculation and guessing and everything. But it could just be that she felt if she couldn't have him, then she didn't want James to have him either. But again, speculation. Yeah, I just... She was obviously in a very bad mental state when all of this occurred. So that's why I think I'm on the fence because a lot of times parents who are in this way don't that don't want to give their children to the other parent, they do something bad because they don't want anybody to have them. So that's why yeah. I am. And so, but then with the way the whole family is acting and everything i i want to hope that he is in a safe home uh man i i just i don't know because don't you think with everything maybe those people would have would have come forward but then again yeah. if it was an illegal adoption like you said they probably don't want to get in trouble but what if her family's also hiding him I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. They're... My my mind is just racing with all these different thoughts on all no, this. No, you're good. If you go to Reddit or anything like that, you can go down rabbit holes, of course, like most cases, go down rabbit holes of all the different theories on what happened to Tim. I just have it's... a hard time seeing her letting him go to another family and then killing herself the way that she did. And that note, that note that she left really gets me too. That she was like, I know some people write a note. I know some people don't. So I'm going to kind of switch it up and I'm going to kind of write a note. Um, but she put in there clearly like, Timothy is safe and you will never find him. So, oh, I don't know. It's I've never been such like on the fence about a case. Usually I lean like one way or another. But yeah. this one, like, I, I have no clue. I don't have any idea. Yeah. Well, to play devil's advocate, I think uh, the note, too, she could just be, to her, she did put him in a safe place, saying she did something, yes. you know, to her, she is keeping him safe. And so that's could be what she, so she's just trying to throw people off, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that, obviously, that's, again, speculation, but it's just, it's just the thought I had is she may have done something but to her she's keeping Timmy safe mm -hmm. so oh, that I mm. yeah it's leave it to you to bring another missing persons case I know new year new me not entirely <laughs> <laughs> all oh. right um before we end I did want to share a letter that Timothy's older cousin wrote him um, after he had been missing for 10 years. So on that 10-year anniversary, she wrote this letter. Okay. Quote, Dear Tim, I remember the last time I came to visit you. It was a normal spring break visit for my sister and I. My Aunt Amy, your mom, was insistent on doing something together. We were going to go to Six Flags, but it was raining, so we went to Key Lime Cove, what is now the Great Wolf Lodge. I remember later being at your house and eating hot dogs that Aunt Amy kindly cut up for me. I remember you playing with your toys and talking about Spider-Man with me. You were young, so you called me cousin. I remember going to a park with a rocket ship playground. 
The last thing I remember is my Aunt Amy wanting me to go play with you because I wouldn't see you for a while. It seemed like something normal she would say then as I lived states away and only visited over school breaks, but I never realized how true it would become. One thing that was always evident to me, even when I was young, was how much your mom loved you. She was always so kind and gentle with you, no matter what your situation is or where you are. I hope you know that. I would be lying to say that I wasn't incredibly angry at her choice to do what she did. However, sometimes people just want the pain to go away, not really realizing the full ramifications of their actions. So many people love you and your mom. I'm sad that she can't see you grow up or that we can't either. Although I have faith that you will turn out as warm and kind as your mom. Wherever you are, I hope you are happy, safe, and healthy. With love and hope, your cousin Phoebe. End quote. I just, I hope for the family that he really is still alive. Yeah. You guys will have to let us know your thoughts on our post when we post the pictures of this case. We will post that on our Instagram at Crime Potatoes. So, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts because this is, it's, it's thought, it's thought provoking. Yes. It's, <sighs> yeah. I'm going to be thinking about this one for a minute. Because you said he was six, right? Yes, he was six years old when he went missing. So he should have some memory. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. At six years old, if he was adopted out, I feel like he would have some memory or some knowledge. At least know his but name, again, you think? after so many years and living a certain way. Yeah. And, I mean, if this was a traumatizing event for him, he could have blocked it out. Uh, I know that happens a lot um, when someone goes through something traumatizing in their lives that they completely b block out all memory of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, that's yeah. true. There's a lot. Man. Man. Yeah. Like Ash said, let us know your thoughts on this case. I'd like to know if you have any other theories besides the ones that Ash and I have shared, but... Thanks, Ash. Yes. In both you. good and bad ways. Thanks for <laughs> making me freaking ponder this forever. And yeah, I'm sorry. Thanks, because you really did do a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really, I know it was kind of back and forth a little bit during this case, but I really thought it was just the best way to kind of show the case and go through the story. But I also wanted to let you know that with our case notes, I also added a couple extra links. Um, and those are to the surveillance videos that you can go watch of them at both the Key Lime Resort and the Kalahari. Kalahari. Okay, I cool. <laughs> but you yeah, know, that other resort. I'm going so. to check that out. Yes. So, oh, man. Well, there goes my nights for the next <laughs> couple days. Yeah, my little boy isn't <laughs> sleeping, so I mean, I'm going to be up anyway, so. <laughs> Might as well try to solve this. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Gosh. But yeah, so thank you guys for listening. And again, like we said at the beginning, you can go check out our giveaway. It is ending this Thursday, I believe. So you only have a few more days to enter. And like Kenzie said, there is a crime potato sweatshirt and literally so many other goodies you don't want to miss out on. So make sure to go check you that out. You don't. Your grab a snack and get comfy kit is waiting for you. So yes, 
that is quite literally what it is. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, grab your snacks and get comfy and come listen to our podcast <laughs> and leave us a five-star review. Yes. <laughs> yes. Leave us, leave us a review and share with your friends. Uh, but thank you for listening. <laughs> it helps our podcast out so much and it just helps us kind of get out there to more viewers and listeners. And yeah, so thank you guys. All right. We will see you next week for a brand new episode. Stay safe, potatoes. Bye.